Good day, everybody. My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and you're watching episode four of Live Life Free, presented by the You Are My Light Foundation. If you don't know what the You Are My Light Foundation is yet, we are an organization that helps the rehabilitation process of victims of human trafficking. So there's a lot of organizations out there that have different functions. Ours is about the rehabilitation, and here's why that's important. Because not only can trafficking victims be rehabilitated, they can go on to live the lives that God created them to be, but without the lives that God created them to, to live. Sorry about that. But here's the thing. Nine out of 10 trafficking victims go back to their captors. That's a fact. And why is that? It's because they don't have the resources in place once they are, that once they're freed and rescued to help them because the devil, you know, is sometimes better than the devil you don't know. At least that's what people think. Not understanding that on the other side of this is healing and God's promises. So that's what the You Are My Light Foundation is about. We are about equipping uh, other groups and organizations that are in the fight, in the trenches, rescuing the victims. And we're also about rehabilitating the victims. And that's also, it's not just a safe house. It's not just a detox facility. It's also training to be able to teach the skills that are necessary to take the intellectual property that they have. Because look, those experiences that they've gone through, once they're free, maybe they're an artist, maybe they're a talk show host, maybe they're a DJ, maybe they're gonna be an actress, maybe they're gonna write books, maybe they're gonna make movies. It doesn't matter what it is. We are an organization that is teaching them the skills to go on and do that stuff. Because let's face it, we're coming into a world where jobs are gonna look a lot different and, 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 and most jobs are going away. But one of the things that we're doing with this and what we're teaching is media skills, because let's face it, each and every one of us, whether we've been trafficked or not, need to know how to utilize the media. It's very, very important because once you understand media, especially the future of media, not only can you stay ahead of AI and what's happening with the robots, you can also take all of your life experiences and monetize it. It's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. So that's one of the functions that we have. We have an event coming up September 30th in Dallas, Texas. We would love for you to be a part of. You can see the website at the bottom there, youaremylightfoundation.org. Check it out. Another way that you can get involved, other than donating money or donating buildings, is that you can, if you're somebody that has access to products, um, if you're a manufacturer of natural 100% organic products, we have these health and wellness boxes that we're about to launch, and we're going to be using that to help raise funds for the You Are My Light Foundation. So if you would like to donate products, uh, please send me a message because we would love to get you involved. It's 100% write-off. Uh, we are a 501c3. We're also a trust. So get involved. We need your support. Our goal is to raise $7.4 million, and we can't do it without you. That said, today we have Christy Von Wahlberg and Katie Byrne on to share their story and what their experience is with human trafficking and, and just what they're doing to help combat this epidemic. It is an epidemic. It's a real epidemic. The fact is this, the, the only real epidemic that matters to me right now is, is freeing the people that have been enslaved with human trafficking. That's the epidemic I care about. The other epidemic I care about is helping those that have been abused, whether it's physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse. We, I, I want to be a part of that healing process. And, and I love helping sh other people share 
their stories of not only of what they've gone through, but how they've healed and not only how they've healed, how they are using their, their experiences to help set other people free. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, Christy Von Wahlberg and Katie Byrne. Did I pronounce your names correctly? Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, it's Katie McCaffrey. That was my maiden name, but uh, no we love deal. we Katie love being burned. We're always in trouble. Yes. Dad gummit, did you just get married? <laughs> no, actually, I never changed that email address. My it's the only thing I didn't change, and I laugh because I'm just lazy. <laughs> it's also it's also a Yahoo, isn't it? Oh yeah, be, leave me alone. <laughs> Who knows? When things go down, they may be the only one left. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> All right, ladies, yes. I'm going to do something. I do this on my other broadcasts, but I'm all about <laughs> gratitude. So I want to ask you, uh, Christy, you first. What are you grateful for today and why? I'm grateful for my family. And mainly because, um, you know, we've really spent a lot of time together over this last year. And I think also when you talk about healing, they've seen me in not my, my lightest moments, and they've been there unconditionally. My husband and my two daughters have walked this healing journey with me. And for that, I am so grateful. That's really cool. I like that. What about you, uh, Katie? Well, I would say, ironically, since we're identical twins, um, <laughs> I, I kind of parallel that experience. However, <clears throat> my children are a little bit younger, so um, I'm working to navigate that that part is I'm going to have to do more healing with them when they're a little bit older to understand the idea of what mommy went through. But my husband as well, we've been through quite a journey the last, I would say two and a half, three years, um, ups and downs. And, uh, I've made mistakes, but I'm grateful that we're all here. I've got breath in my lungs and my, um, heart is full of knowing what um, my healing can do to help people. Yep. So let's get into this because okay. it's not very often that you get sisters that experience something so similar and evil, but because typically I, from my experience, when I talk to people, it's, it's one or the other. And, and it's also you kind of unique to me that you're identical twins and you suffered this abuse. So I don't let's let's first get into because I think this question will answer the others. What motivated you to get in the fight to help combat human trafficking? What was it? Because it's always to, to stir you up for something like this. It's a traumatic event. So you obviously experienced some type of abuse. So. Uh, Katie, why don't you start? Why don't you share your experience? Um, well, um, I would say that from when, when the, we had an adult male cousin who was several years older than us, who, um, unfortunately is not well. And, um, when it happens to you when you're not, and I knew right away, it wasn't right. Um, the first incident was riding in a car with my 20 on the other side of him. We had picked him up from college in Nebraska and 
my parents were driving. My other two sisters were in the back. And um, I think that moment when I realized something wasn't right and I didn't cry out and tell anybody because he was touching us in our private parts. And I didn't know he was doing it to Chrissy at the same time until we got to my grandmother's house. And we went into the bathroom before we were headed back to the car to get in the car to go to his parents' house, who is actually my dad's sister. So it's um, through that relationship. And both Christy and I right away, and being a twin, you have to realize there's not a lot we don't share. So right away, we told each other, which I am so grateful for because even though I didn't think to reach out to my parents who were literally just in front of me um, and ask for help, and I knew right away it was wrong, but I knew right away that I didn't want that to happen again. So we had a little conversation in the bathroom. Well, we'll put a pillow over us or something like that. And then we... I can't remember if anything else happened past that because I want to say we were probably seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that was the age for me too. Yeah, and it's it's a big one because you have no clue what that is about. You're not you don't think you know sexuality is something that um, definitely children don't think about at that age, and so <clears throat> that was one of the first instances that I can recall. And I, I, like I said, I'm very grateful that my sister was there because I think if there was any, I would have kept that to myself, at least at that moment, um, without having, and it was probably more comforting being able to, to, to have her. And we devised a plan. It wasn't going to touch us anymore. We knew it was wrong. The problem that I have now and the one thing that I want to do to help children and other people is learn to speak up and tell the right people. And that you're gonna have to have us, we're gonna have to teach our children, just like brushing their teeth, that you have to have separations away from people that you care about. Because unfortunately, a lot of times, including you know sexual molestation, it's family members. In fact, the adult, adult um, a, a male cousin is one of the number one that you look for, so. Jeez. And the, did yeah. He, did he ever threaten you guys to not say anything? No, that was weird. Really? He didn't have to. It was because I think we trusted him. Wouldn't you say, Christy, the fact that we just straight up trusted him and, you know. Yeah. I don't know, like, it is kind of strange that he never did, but for some reason I feel like that's also what makes it so manipulative was that he had such confidence that he would he wouldn't he wouldn't get caught <clears throat> yeah and i think you know for me it's like katie said the awareness like we want to create that awareness because children need to know what's what's a red flag and if we wait till they're in junior high you might have missed because i think there's there's that window of innocence so to speak and um you know, I don't know what would have happened had we, we, we said something that day, but you know, you can't look back in hindsight, it's 2020. Mm-mm. Right. But for me, it's kind of like, you know, human trafficking became thrust into the limelight over this past year with, with you know, 
the the pandemic or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I don't even use the word because like you, I believe there's bigger, bigger fish to fry on right now. <laughs> the, yeah. the focus is almost like, let's keep our eyes on that so we can continue not, not focusing on what the real problems are in the world. And so, you know, part of your healing journey is having that, that gratitude for your, where you've been, but understanding like, wait, I can speak from experience and I can turn around and help other people. And, you know, unfortunately we're living in a world where they're trying to normalize ped pedophilia. They're trying to push agendas down to make it seem like, oh, it's normal. And like Katie said, we were seven probably. We knew it wasn't right. Yeah. We knew deep down, no one even told us about it. No one had a conversation about it. You have that, that gut instinct. And I believe that intuition comes from our creator that we know what is what is right and what is amiss. And if we can teach and educate people on symptoms or, or signs and stuff like that, and then when you, you know, you have someone. So when when human trafficking kind of got thrust into the, the limelight, it just really came down to it's like, I would kind of like you. <clears throat> I don't want to go in and do military options and extract kids but I sure want to help rehabilitate them because I think about the last few years that I've been on my healing journey. Um, and I don't know if you're ever done, like we're human, you know, we're, 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 we're on this earth. We're on this earth plane to, do, to have a purpose. And it's crazy when that purpose aligns with what happened to you years ago, I know you almost can, you can almost just be like, Oh my gosh, like, this is why I'm here. And I think there's a part of me, I have all these girlfriends that have helped me on my healing journey that are amazing practitioners, some more traditional, some more holistic. But I think that's kind of it. Like last summer when I went down the proverbial rabbit hole to really understand what was going on. Um, I remember saying to my husband, I'm like, I want to be part of the solution. Like they're going to start rescuing all these kids because all this awareness and this money's getting thrown. And like you said, there's all these people doing great things. And so what I'd like to see is us connect and create a forum to help people heal. So I've been working on a healing platform to connect people because I think about, well, how much money did it cost you to go through your healing journey? The majority of the people coming out of this, this industry, this horrible, atrocious enterprise, you know, they may not have family that, that they even are in touch with anymore. And so for me, it was kind of like, okay, let's create awareness. I know that's kind of where my sister is. She also, I know she, she doesn't want to admit this, but she wants to help create change legally and through um, our justice system. And, um, you know, I think that's why God chose us. Like we, we can both come at two different perspectives and, you know, divide and conquer, so to speak. But for me, it's, it's the healing stuff. And when you create that awareness and educate parents and children about what the warning signs are, um, you know, the statistics are crazy. I talked to another gentleman yesterday and something happened to him when he was a child. Like this happens so much and we need, yeah. to, stop. We need to stop that. You know, one of the best things about God though, <clears throat> you refer to him as creator, but I know that you have a relationship with him. Oh the yeah, Lord. he's God, he's God, yeah. he's God. Um, many, a God of many names, but yeah. that said, the thing I love about him is like, even though God gave us domain over earth, and this is really Satan's playground, like yeah. he has dominion here. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm realizing that so much recently. 
Yeah, and when people ask how does God allow this to happen, well, because he gave us domain and we we screwed it up. We allowed sin to come in this world. And but the thing is that's so awesome about God is that he made it where no matter what we go through in life, no matter what we experience that is hard, that's difficult, no matter what giants we face, and giants could be healing from sexual trauma, healing from being trafficked, healing from being beaten up, healing from having your heart broken. <clears throat> like we are given this opportunity because he gave us all a purpose. He, yes. There's a reason why we're here. And it just so happens to be that the fuel for our purpose is in the healing of the trauma and the tragedy that we face. Yeah. And that gets to be our gift to the world. So that's why it's so important for people like yourself and other people out there that are, have suffered in silence or suffered abuse of any kind to use their voices because it's actually helping set other people free. In other words, your secret is actually your gift to the world. And so I love the fact that you guys are speaking out about this. And in fact, even though you didn't, you weren't trafficked, mm -hmm. you were molested. Yeah. And in the in the in the trauma that these the victims of human trafficking and sex trafficking go through is the same thing. It's just repeated over and over and over and over and wow. over again. And they're brainwashed and controlled. And the level of healing that they have to go through is insane. Yeah. So I love the fact that you guys made the connection to the similarities of both and you're using that to, to, to raise awareness. I love it. Yeah. Are you, are there any organizations that you guys are working with or that you found to be out there like yeah. doing it right? So we, a there's, lot of people, there's, there's two, two. people aligned with locally. Yeah. Locally. So you have operation underground railroad, which we've worked with which is Tim Ballard. And the, the one that we're more involved in right now is um, the Global Center for Women and Justice. Um, it's located at Vanguard University in Costa Mesa, California. Cool. And um, it is, um, <clears throat> we met an individual by the name of Dr. Sandra Morgan, and she has been involved in <laughs> trying to combat and help worldwide and also locally um, human trafficking since 1987. Wow. She is an amazing woman. And um, she is teaching us, especially, I, and a lot of people don't realize within the last year and a half with children at home, on the computers, the, the, the reach and frequency of this has gone up exponentially. And unfortunately, when that happens, you, you run into the fact that now we're, we're talking about a whole multitude of more children being trafficked because parents are backs against the wall with this pandemic. And <clears throat> essentially, they're, you know, kids are online, they have games. But, you know, we live in a world right now where am I going to be the parent that never lets my kid on their computer because... I'm scared of all that, or am I going to teach them like brushing their teeth? That's what she says all the time. It's like brushing your teeth. You can let your kids on there, Katie, but you've got to tell them, do not chat with anybody ever, ever. If anybody yeah. ever comes to talk to you on those, you let mommy and daddy know. If, and it's just like when my pediatrician talks to my children about their, their 
their beautiful bodies and what someone is and isn't allowed to do. She has that talk every year with them. And you do not, you have to have these conversations with our kids because if they're 18 and you've never had these conversations with, with them and something happened to them when they were younger, they're never going to tell anybody or they might be the one person to hop on a plane and you will never see them again yeah. if they are in a chat room with someone like that. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of the statistics get kind of lost, but one of them that I like to, I don't like to share, but they, we, they do a, they, the Global Center for Women Justice does an, an amazing amount of education. They actually were just at um, John Wayne Airport working with the maintenance and the, 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 the people talking to them because the airline workers and the, the pilots get trained, but we need to train all of them there. And the interesting thing is they talk about the encounters that um, people who are enlisted into this extreme slave environment um, on a low end, and this is from um, an encounter, you know, sexual encounter, an average, and this really is what motivated me. I had a few instances where my cousin did it over a few years. It was horrible. I do not like him, and I'm glad that he's sitting in jail right now, but it brought me to my knees thinking that someone would sell someone on a low end 10 to 13 times a day yeah. and on a high, high end 50 to 60 times that just gets you. And it makes you go, God, what happened to me pales in comparison. And if I can take a little ounce of what I went through and teach them how to navigate life and make that a positive thing, um, it's the least I can do. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you something because I, I was going to ask you and you just answered the question mm -hmm. that your cousin repeatedly yeah. did this. Yeah. I need you to talk about like, you obviously didn't say anything to anybody because it kept happening. Correct. Well, um, we did. We did here. Well, I'll just go ahead. So we knew it was wrong. And then, you know, it happened over, like she said, a couple, a couple years time. So, I think the initial instances that happened, we were so young and we just tried to figure it out that, you know, your mind does amazing things. I probably processed my trauma a little bit more on the subconscious level and Katie remembered it a little bit better because when we were recalling things a few, a couple years ago, she's like, don't you remember that? I'm like, no, she remembered the color of what she was wearing. It, it imprinted different for her. So um, basically what happened was there was um, a summer, I think we were around nine, that we um, went to our cousin's house because my mom was getting um, neck okay. surgery or she had issues with her neck. And so she was down in Kansas City and my dad, you know, he's working. And so we go off to the cousins for the summer. And that's where a lot of the trauma happened there and the abuse. And it was to the point where he was doing all the grooming stuff because we were in the home with them. And so, you know, like, he walked out in front of us naked, was asking me questions about if I knew, you know, I'm watching, we're watching like Saturday morning cartoons. And then this man comes out and he's, you know, it's, we knew it was wrong. And so then there were times where we would hide in the room and his sisters did the same thing. I don't know what they did to him. They never went off, but we were scared of him. And so like when, when my aunt and uncle would go to work, we would be home with the, with the, 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 you know, the older cousins. 
and we would hide in the room from him. And finally, we just got to the point where we're like, I don't want to be here anymore. And we tried what we walked down. We it was a small town in Nebraska. We walked down to my uncle's bank and we were all going to tell him the four of us were like, this is wrong. We don't want this. You know, he had he had, you know, touched my sister. He had said very inappropriate things to us, blah, blah, blah. So we knew that it was wrong. And so the four of us were going to go tell my uncle and we couldn't. And then that's when Katie and I called my dad and we're like, we don't want to want to come home. And so when we got home, we told him. And here's here's also where where our journey gets interesting because they did address it. But back then what people did was they handled it within the family. And they got him help. He had some counseling sessions. And because my grandma didn't know what happened, they were all worried about what she could handle. We had to pretend for years whenever we'd be around him you know, like nothing happened. And so when I went through all my, you know, therapy as an adult, it kind of triggered after I had my first daughter. And I think becoming a parent, your your kids are your first healing. Like they, they heal us. They come into this world. God gives them to us. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, now you're really going to learn what love is. Yeah. <laughs> like for real. Like this is real love, right? Yeah. And then we realize, oh, wait, this is how he feels about all of us, right? So... We had told my dad, they addressed it. And like looking in hindsight back, um, I knew my grandma could have handled it, but I don't think my aunt would have um, been very nice about it. And so long story short, we had to just keep hanging out with him. And then finally we had an encounter with him, you know, and this is, this is when, you know, I knew that he um, was going to, going to keep doing it. That was our biggest fear that he would, he would just keep doing this. Right. So when you become an adult and you start thinking logically, we were in our 20s, we came back to Nebraska, football's a really big thing, so we went back for a football game. And my aunt and uncle showed up with him. And first of all, they know how we feel. So I always say nine-year-old Katie and Christy showed up at the game that day, and we made a scene. Oh, yeah. So, um, came back, and at the time I was working in corporate wellness for a um, Anaheim PD, and I went in Monday. Um, we left. We left Nebraska. We were upset with our parents. We were upset with with the whole situation. And I was like, I'm ready to press charges. Like that was manipulative. He thinks he got away with it. He's getting off on that. He showed up because he wanted to see how we were. Ew. I knew he also he wanted to keep us in control. And that's the yeah. thing about it. You don't have to threaten to keep people the way you want them. That's the, true. The way a lot of families, the way someone the looks at you, behind, yeah. yeah, you get it. You get it. You know that. And when you when you go back to that trauma too, you're 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 releasing. You're going back to when you were cellularly that inner that inner child. Yeah, so, that inner child. So, so yeah, I sat I sat down with um, one of my really good friends who was in sex crimes and I was crying to him and I told him everything and I'm like, I'm, I'm ready. Like this, this man is going to keep doing it and I cannot live with myself. And so he's like, I got you, Christy, I'm going to research this. And unfortunately at the time, the statutes of limitations in Nebraska was horrible. Um, you had to press charges. I think it was six years after your 16th birthday. So we didn't really have any legal recourse. And so he suggested I call CPS and start a phone, like start planning some whatever. They wouldn't even call me back. 
I left like 10 messages and then I prayed in my back a backyard and I was like, all right, I'm letting this go. I'm moving on. And yeah. then, you know, at this point you kind of get back to your life. You have, you know, your family. I was married. We just started having kids. And then that's when the trauma just kept surfacing and it really got triggered probably. Well, yeah, in 2011, after we, we had a niece pass away from cancer and what it triggered was all this fear I had. And I thought I lived in faith. No. I lived in fear. And that, that, was, that was when my healing journey began. I want to ask you, I want to go back to something, though. And I need you both to answer this independently. Um, and Katie, I want you to go first. The thing that I, with my experiences with being molested and, and abused, and, and how I, it shaped me and how it changed my attitude towards sex. Yeah. And I might, we won't go into my story here, but I wanna ask you, because one thing that it does, it does affect your relationship in your, in your view of sex and sexuality. How did that, how did that change you and talk about and lead into how you went about healing really your sexual identity, because now you're both married, you have children, that relationship with sex is it, it's important when you're married to have a healthy relationship with sex, or it's pretty twisted in my own experience being divorced three times. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it was centered around how it affected me sexually. Yeah. And then of course, the, the mental health aspect of DID. But for <clears> you all, Talk about how it affected your relationship towards sex and then how you transitioned into the healing process. Well, I would say that I'm probably still working on that. It's not um, something that sometimes when I was younger, I did not. I don't think I really thought about what happened to me when I was younger, when I was dating you know, the whole prefrontal cortex of your brain. But also I think God was shielding me a bit to just live life because he knew my, I, he knew my calling was coming and he knew that I was going to have to walk through this. But um, I really wasn't someone who wanted to do any of that. I don't know if that was innately in me or if it was because of my trauma. But um, I would say that I don't have a serious, huge drive to do it. And that can be a point of contention for my husband. <laughs> but um, I would say that um, when you find someone that really loves you, good, bad, and ugly, because nobody's perfect. We're all sinners. And um, you, you, you find that connection with that person. It can be a beautiful thing. I will say that, I'm not going to lie, still to this day, sometimes when I'm physical with my husband or something, his face pops up in there and there's nothing I can do to unimprint that. I just ignore it. Jeez. And it's one of those things that, um, I have learned <laughs> to be pretty strong about it because it isn't anything that I can erase. And I try and just dig down deep. And I do not get angry. That's one thing I never did. I never got angry at God for this. I never said, why did you do this to me? I didn't even do it when my niece died of cancer because I know where I'm going. But at the end of the day, um, I really 
think that it's an ongoing thing. It's, it's kind of like someone who has like an addiction to alcohol or something. You have to work it daily. Yeah. And we don't talk about this with victims of certain things like that because the mental side is so hard to fix. You, you just have to learn to channel and you have mm. to be tough. You cannot, you can, this isn't for the lighthearted, that's for sure. <laughs> and you, you got to pray a lot. And I will tell you yeah. that is the, the one thing I do. And there are times where I just ask for um, strength to get through it. And um, my husband and I have been into therapy and we could go into that. There's a lot of things that have happened in the last couple of years and we, you know, it, you know, just, you've been married three times, you get it. It's not easy. And four times know. actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> the last one. Hi. Everybody meet my Hi. wife, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. <laughs> You're actually talking about your husbands and the relationship um, between you two. Cause we obviously, we are in that, like it, it's a constant process and the healing happens um, daily moments, my moments. Yeah. So. My my, per, my alters because of DID mm -hmm. all have different sexualities. One of them's asexual, yeah. one's bisexual. That, I mean, one's a freak that I don't even have, know how to define it, and the other is relatively normal yeah. <laughs> so, and very Baptist. I, one yeah. of the personalities yeah. very Baptist. I've I've had to uh, or gotten to uh, get to know all of his different personalities and levels, and it's really like getting to know different people where he's yep. at mentally yep. so i i am really thank god i'm good at reading people and stuff but um the healing happens all the time and we grow and stuff i'd love to hear like a little bit about your with your husbands like what what would they say what is yeah. their point of view like well, well i, I say real quick real quick Christina, yeah go ahead I'll let you say. um i think it's hard for them to understand because they didn't go through it mm. oh just you know a lot of people are like oh just get over that or something like that but you can become quite literally crazy when you're dealing with stuff like this and i probably haven't been diagnosed but there are sides of me that i'm not too happy about so when it comes down to it um i would say that you can have very touching moments of going through like when we we went back and um i i would say that and christy can probably attest to this a little bit more we didn't have much of a relationship talking about this with our husbands until we went back to watch him actually get justice for what he did and that was kind of prior to that dealing with things but then I don't think they understood the magnitude of it until um, we, yes. when we did no. that. So it's like you put ahead. it on a back shelf. Yeah, you put it on a back shelf. And, you know, I think, I think they saw, saw the, um, the trauma and what needed to be healed when we were in Nebraska for that football game in our 20s. But it was kind of like, holy crap. And then you get older and you have children together and you've made this commitment to each other before God, before all your family and friends. And it's like, at some point you both have to make a decision. Are we going to make this work or not? And I think in a crazy way, the gifts that God gave us were these two men in our lives, not perfect, but space for us. 
And it wasn't, it wasn't always beautiful, but you know, I think after my niece passed away, I was driving around um, one day and I kept thinking, oh my God, my kids aren't safe because you know, here I'm thinking, you know, this happens to kids and you know, little, little kids can die from cancer. Like that's where my journey really began healing after 2011. And I remember calling my husband, I knew I could call him. And basically I was like, I'm going to go pick him up from school. And he's like, you know, no, why don't you go do something to get out of your head? He goes, they're fine. I promise you they're safe. And so miraculously, I got introduced to an incredible um, therapist who does um, hypnotherapy, guided meditation. And what he did was help me peel back the layers of, of the trauma and deal with it. And so it's kind of like he, he, gave, he gave me the analogy like a bell curve. So you're going to go through this bell curve on your healing journey. You're going to start really high because when, when, when I started working with him, I was like on cloud nine. I felt like this is amazing. Like he's helping me, you know, whatever. And then you have to kind of walk through that dark, like in the healing word, they call it like the dark shadow of the night. Like, you know, I will walk through that. When you look at scripture, it's like, I will walk through the valley of the shadow. Like no one can do that for you. You have to do that for yourself. And I think the amazing thing is, and this is probably what you're doing for Joshua, is they held space for us to walk that journey. And what I want to try to do is, you know, I think that's the point. Like you, you meet that person that's willing to, to grow with you. And I'll be honest, like I've done so much therapy, probably a little bit more than my sister. Those, um, those visions do not come in anymore. When I'm with my husband, I'm with him. But I will be honest, there's times where I'm a little less and then there's times where I'm a little more. And I think that um, I remember after we found out that he was, um, we, we, you know, it's funny, God works in mysterious ways. So yes, he does. in 2019, I remember I'm laying in yoga, December 31st. And we literally, I literally said to God, I was like, all right, I'm ready to be done with this. Like I've done, I've done the work. I'm ready to live my life freely. You know, like this does not need to be what defines me because like you said, like in a weird way, and this is what my friend Corey, who, who was the therapist I worked the most with, oh, in a weird way, what he taught me was because it's because we, the trauma felt in a weird way safe. We don't want to let it go. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like you, like you said at the beginning of the show, it's like, we don't, we, we don't know the good one, but so we're going to hang on to the bad one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. No, it's like, how do you live free? Yeah, you find, you find, you find that, that in you, you give yourself permission to heal. And another good friend of mine, you know, she basically told me that if you're pointing fingers at everyone else, you are not in a space where you're going to do the work that you need to do. So basically what happened, December 31st, I'm laying in the yoga class. And I said this to my girlfriend, you know, Debbie, she went through crazy, like spousal abuse. So we, we had that connection. And I said, listen, I'm ready to be done with this, God. I'm done. I'm ready. I'm moving forward. And then literally the next day, be careful what you wish for. My mom and dad were out visiting for Christmas and New Year's break. And my mom made some comment about him being in jail. And I'm like, what? And she goes, well, you know he's in jail. I'm like, no. And she goes, well, I didn't want to bring it up because, you know, there's that issue there. Like our parents didn't handle it right. And they know that they're responsible for our trauma in, in essence. I mean, not, but yes, you know, they didn't handle it. And what I'm learning, and here's something for anybody that's been a victim or if you're supporting a victim, 
just hearing their story and holding that space for them and saying, I believe you is huge healing, huge healing. And when, when we, when we have to hide it, we live in shame and that Mm -hmm. shame just builds up on us. And, you know, that's partly why, I mean, my girls are a little bit older, but you know, we grew up in the Catholic church and there's some things that surfaced here in Orange County recently. And I was just frustrated sitting in mass one day and my, my girls, we were driving home from church and I was crying and my husband's like, why should, you know, like he didn't, he was just being a good guy. And the do- my daughters were like, why is she so upset? And I sat them down and I shared with them what happened. And our kids are amazing. My youngest is like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And then my older daughter, in true Sam form, goes, um, ew, gross. Why would an adult do that? And, you know, it, <laughs> it made me laugh. And so I was grateful. <laughs> so basically, you know, it's like I asked for this. And so 2019 was, was that year that we walked through that journey. And it wasn't something we asked for, but maybe we did. And then it prepared us for 2020. And then in, in comes all this stuff about human trafficking. And it's like a light bulb lit off in both of us. And so we were, we were not able to prosecute, but we were able to be part of the prosecution. And he basically um, was in jail for raping his own daughter. Gosh. So, I know. I hate sharing that. But that was, I think, you know, when you know deep down that someone needs healing and they're going to repeat, that was why. It's just God was like, okay, you need to do, you need to do your healing from a space where you've done more. And so we were able to connect with the prosecution and we were able to work with them. Um, and the judge allowed us um, space to, um, and these are, you know, there's a lot of legal recourse people can make as far as justice is prevailed. The statutes of limitations have changed in many states. Nebraska is different now. After 2001, I don't believe there's a um, any statutes now. So if you're listening to this and you're in a state and you want you want to figure out how you can find justice, that's why we love the Global Center because they help people navigate that. They are yeah. networked with law enforcement and judicial things. And I think you know it's important if we have a justice league to stand on. Number one, to prevent other people from being injured or in trouble or get, get traumatized. And number two, for their person's healing. I mean, it's it, it actually really helped us. I mean, it wasn't fun. But so basically we wrote letters of impact and then we were able to um, submit Go those. sentencing. And so then the the victim's advocate, her name was Jean. She's <clears> amazing. She She walked us through the whole thing. And without going into too much detail, our aunt was still protecting him because that's what mothers do. It's sad, but it's true. And I think in a weird way, we all know something probably happened to him. People don't don't learn this, you know? And, you know, it's funny. Like, I remember walking our dog before we went back because we were really going back and forth about going. And I remember sitting with my therapist and listen, I go, what if I don't go back? Will I still heal? And my my therapist, Corey's like, of course, it just might take you longer. He goes, but honey, this is like ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah, and I'm telling you, he's like, it's like fast forward after that. You know, one of the things that was important, uh, I I forgave my molesters yeah. before I forgave my father for the physical abuse, and I don't know what took me so long to do it. I mean, I took six times in jail to finally go, oh, I need to forgive my father, but it took God <laughs> telling me that. I don't know why I didn't know. But when I was screaming at God about why he wouldn't fix me and why he wouldn't change me, 
And, and I heard him say, you have to forgive your father. And I'm like, how in the beep am I supposed to do that? <laughs> yep. And I'm screaming at God because I was angry at God. I, was yeah. angry. I hated everybody. And, but I, I, how in the beep am I supposed to do that? It happened to him too. Aww. And, and when I heard that, and my father didn't molest me. He, he just the physical abuse. Yeah. Well, and, he put you in really, uh, really awful situations and, that no dad should put a child in. Yeah. The, that that's true also. <clears throat> but but when I realized that, it allowed compassion to set in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I and I and I and that the compassion is what helped me forgive. Yeah. And the other part too, though, I acted out a lot. I mean, the, our book and movie, The Devil Inside Me is really an expression of acting out and how I end up finding Jesus. But I acted out in a bad way. And, and I, there was a lot of self-hating and self-inflicted yeah. trauma yep. yeah. that I did. I were unlike you, Katie, where you pretty much became asexual. I was I, a nympho yeah. sex based <laughs> demon is like an understatement to what I was. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. like textbook. I think they say that like, and it's crazy because I, literally asked my therapist that. And I said, Hey, Corey, you know, do are people born like this? Cause I was trying to understand. And he's like, not usually, usually this is re repeated trauma. And he said, men usually repeat it. Women typically. So in a weird way, you did the rare thing from what I understand, which is traditional for men is that you didn't go around and repeat it. You, did what a lot you know i had an eating disorder in high school you know i like, recreated the, i recreate i went back to recreate the scenario and got yeah. addicted to that making the pain feel good yeah and i did it with i was a chem sex addict so it was drugs and sex oh. but go ahead katie or christy well you know that's it like we would self-medicate your poison like me i threw in my job and it's it's not an easy thing to look back on but then you think about it it's like okay this is my testimony. My my mess is my message. And so were we were we able to press charges? No. But we were able to make an impact on a human being's life that we don't really know personally. And um, you know, we decided to go back to the sentencing. And I remember the flights. We I the flights went up and I said to God, All right, I'm not paying that much for you need to bring this down, and then that I'll know. Bring these flight, these flight, you know, tickets down. Then I'll know that we're supposed to go. And the, they went down the next day, and we booked the tickets. And I was walking with my husband around the street with our dog, and he goes, he said something very profound. And I think this is where um, being honest with your your partner or anybody in your family that that you're trying to navigate this journey. He said, I don't understand why you why you want to go back. It was really confusing to him because he wanted to go and protect me, but I wanted him to stay home with our kids. And so um, I'm like, Jeff, this is something we have to do on our own. And so long story short, I told him, this isn't something I want to do. It's something I have to do. You know, yep. it's kind of like when God calls you to do something, you don't always understand it. And then I think it was about a couple months later, I was, I was down at the beach and I had this like download that we have to hold empathy and space for those people that do this. Yes, justice can prevail. And that was one of my questions. I was trying to understand, well, if men usually repeat and they're put in jail, are they going to get rehabilitated? Because that was the Chris, biggest keep frustration. His door shut. 
that was the biggest frustration um, I had coming back in confusion because I thought we would feel free. No, that's when our real healing began because now I can't hold on to this story. He's in jail. Like you kind of got what you wanted. So there was no excuse for me not to, to own my stuff. And so um, I love I love that um, that quote where some I, I, I can't remember where I've seen it or if there's scripture around it where sometimes God will get you alone so that he's the only one you, you can work, work with you. And I remember having this mindset like, oh, I'm so alone, like the victim, which we were victims, but I'm not a victim anymore. And yeah. that shifted last year when I would see the human trafficking and stuff. And I'm like, first of all, what I do was a cakewalk. So if these human beings can get up out of that and go live a normal life, they're my heroes. And if I can help people heal and connect them to the right people, that's that's how this is going to work by us uniting. I got this um this quote yesterday in my head that um I, I I'm trying to remember it, but it's something about like um our our job is to use our light and unite and love is the solution. Like that's that's just where my heart is right now. And yeah. so um that confusion set in because I was like, okay, well, he's going to jail and he's talking about getting out. Like they gave, they gave him a good amount of time, 30 to six years. But with Nebraska state law, he could get out in 15. So of course we signed up with the parole board because based on their defense, he didn't really take any ownership. I mean, we were sitting there in the room with him yeah. and he they made were defending, oh, he needs to get the help he's going to get. And I'm like, yeah, he's not going to get that in prison. So, well, I had to let go of the fact that we can't protect his children anymore. That's not my job. You know, they've, they've chosen that journey. We did tell the victim's advocate, Jean, if she ever wants to reach out to us, we're here for her because we know what she walked through. I do, you know how you can go down Facebook and kind of Facebook stalk people. I did that a little with some of it. And then I was like, I got to let that go. I went down that rabbit hole, but I found it interesting that her brother is studying criminal justice. So anyway, Katie, our, he is. Katie, what were you about to say? Well, I was going to say that, um, kind of go back to what you said about um, having compassion. One of the interesting things about the moment he came into the room when we were sitting in the courtroom, he was the last person that they sentenced because they didn't want the other inmates knowing what he did. So we were there for a while, but when he first came in in his orange jumpsuit and his arms and legs shackled, we both cried. I felt sorry for him. And that's when I knew I would be okay. And I also knew that here's how it is. I, ironically enough, I remember watching a show with my husband that we loved, even though it's hard to find TV that's anything good anymore. (laughs) There was, um, a character who was a CIA agent and then a brother who was, you know, alcoholic, gambler, blah, blah, blah. Same two people grew up with a dad who was abusive. And the mom once asked, why can I have one that does this, the CIA, you know, special agent or whatever, and this one? And he ended up passing the other brother because the life was not good. And this other person said to her, people, either you can get one of two things. You can get a broken bottle. You can get a sharp edged weapon that's going to go out and fight and fix. 
or you're going to get a bunch of pieces of glass that are broken. And that's how this is. And I think the most important thing is while we do this is I want to help and find the ones that, cause it seems like you broke pretty hard, Joshua. <laughs> and now you've, put the pieces back together and look what you're doing. Uh, praise you Jesus. You can go from both of, well, you're not, nothing's going to happen without that. Hmm. And that's the thing about it is, is you, you got to put, you got to get on your knees and put your hands in the air. This is mm -hmm. how you fix. And once you do that, it's, I'm, I'm not saying it's easy, no. but <laughs> you, you, you realize that, um, like you said, having compassion for someone does not make, um, I would say that I will never, I don't know, maybe I have to forgive him. Um, but, you know, like I said, I knew that I was still a good person. And so was Christy, because we both were upset when we saw him come in, because that's sad. Like, you know, well, what no he one did. wants that to be the end result. And I think, you know, yeah. there was such confusion on his face. That empathy is a gift. It's also kind of a curse sometimes in this world, because um, you just keep, keep giving people a second chance. But um, at the end of the day, I think um, when we came home, understanding that that was kind of when the real work began. And so I was so grateful that we walked that journey prior to 2020, because now I look at God's perfect plan and I'm like, you are amazing. There are no coincidences. Everything you that know? Christy. Like, oh, okay, ha, 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 right? No, totally. The things You literally, happened. like everything up until we acknowledge that. And then I think it came to a point where I'm like, Jeff, you know, we have a beautiful life. I just, I seek the truth and justice. That's who I am. I think that's, you know, like we're Libras. So we're like to balance. And I think it's, yeah. it's very beautiful that God picked our two souls to split from one because we're identical. And, you know, we got these two separate humans in the same, you know, same DNA, but we're very different. We're similar, but we're very different. And I think he's like, wow, I can accomplish so much through two of these people that had the same experience and they're going to support each other the whole way. Mm. Isn't that amazing? And yeah. so now we're, we're really, we're really kind of leaning into our, um, our, um, our journeys and our purpose and things like this, like my girlfriend, Erica tagged me in your post and last night, that's when I was watching the sunset we need to let God work. We got to make room for miracles. And if we're always trying to control and do it, he's just going to sit back and be like, all right, I'll let you drive for a little while, but then let me show you how it's going to work with me. Yeah. I'm and a bad driver. So I, <laughs> exactly, I don't want to be in the driver's seat. I want to sit back. I will do the work and I will, yeah. I will, I will, I will get in the darkness with these humans if that that's what they want. I will, I will look them in the eye and say, you are worthy and you are full, full of, of um, well, God's think the thing that no matter what you have to, it, uh -oh. you're cutting you're out. Mm -hmm. Uh Oh, you lost her. Well, can I say something really quick that, yes, please. Uh, that you, uh, I can't remember who had said it, but so with our girls, I, I have my degree in child development and I worked with kids for years and years and years. And I've always told the girls, your body is your body and Amazing. nobody touches your private parts or your body without permission. And nobody touches your private parts. 
Yeah. Besides you to clean them, one of your parents to help you or a doctor to make sure you're okay. And that's, that's been it all the time. I just repeatedly. And one of you had said earlier that you explained what happened to your girls and they, their responses were so perfect. And just for a parent to hear that that's what response could come, it could just be so easy and innocent because we're always trying to, as parents, I feel like guard, protect, um, not, not taint their minds. So with your girls knowing what happened, I feel like that's just like unlocking that, that door so that that will never happen to them because no, and show them that that's not okay. I think, you know, and with human trafficking and what we're seeing with the sex or exploitation, pedophilia, all that stuff, it's such a hot button issue because when you think of human trafficking, I think there's like two worlds. There's the one that's really nefarious and dark that will blow people's minds. Mm -hmm. And then there's the one that's on the surface that's happening around us. And I think really my heart, my heart, we had an event, an awareness event because my immediate community, I mean, Orange County is actually one of the worst. I didn't know that kind of bums me out, but you know, how are you going to know that if you're not aware, right? Ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. So we had this awareness event and that's the point. You light a fire in people. But I do believe that our kids for the first time in their lives are getting exposed to things prior to the parents being able to filter it. So you have to have a game plan. And one of the things I love about there's um, um, a girl that works with the global center and she has a class and she goes into the schools and depending on the age group, the conversation changed, but with the little ones, she reads them books about how sacred their body is, that it is a holy temple, like beautiful. And I'm like, that's what our mini humans, I mean, our kids are teaching us everything. What did Jesus say? Be like the children. I mean, I think we all need to figure that out again. (laughs) Like I live in the real world. I realize that there's people that are damaged that haven't done the work and that they're going to, they're going to exploit this. And you know, what are the warning signs? Like a single mom or, um, brought up in foster care. Like there's certain things that make someone predisposed, but for my community, it's, it's, it's this, this cell phone and it's social media and it's those kind of platforms. They have access to kids. So what I've learned is you got to check your kid's phone every week. It's not convenient, but for, for a young, a young mom, like young kids, if they learn those things early on, they're so aware. My kids are so aware now that they, I think my daughter was on a live with someone, um, on Instagram and she had a public account because she's an actress and whatever from her school right when COVID first started and they were doing tons of online stuff right because hello our kids wanted to be social and I I was watching them and I saw two guys coming in and I could see the conversation shifting and I ran in the room and I'm like Sam do you see this she's like oh my god mom oh my god I'm like all right don't freak out I'm gonna go report their names just keep going keep going they were trying to, they were trying to gain access to these two girls on their live. So like, you know, obviously you want your kid to have a private account. That's the number one thing. And these are things that are very simple to learn, but until you hear it. So I think at our awareness event, I, it finally came down to me. It's like, yes, I want to help with the healing and I'm going to do that. I'm going to share my story and whatever, 
but let's also prevent because prevention is the key to us stopping the cycles generationally. Yeah. Yep. And that's the point. Like you have, you, you prevent one, one teenager from getting access online or getting, you know, sucked into it. Mm -hmm. You're prevent, preventing a generational trauma because that's who right. knows what would happen to them had that repeated. And so that's why I advocate so much for people creating their own awareness having those tough conversations with their, their kids. And if you don't feel comfortable doing it, there's so many resources. And then if you're somebody that's gone through it and you're supporting someone through, through their healing process, you know, I think it's really important to understand that it's like, this is not a cakewalk. I mean, the only way through where, where we're going in this world is through it. That's <laughs> it. True. But what's on the other side is so worth it. And now I can hold space for other people I can use my story to help others. I'm connecting with you guys and you're obviously like beautiful light beings in this world. I mean, God is using both of you. And what's cool is you're going to you're going to equip your daughters to be these fierce fierce warrior oh, heck yeah, they are. in this world. And that's what we need. We need women coming in the spotlight and you know it's the mama bears that are stepping up right now. And what's so beautiful is here's this masculine man standing beside you that's holding space for that. And I think that's what our husbands are doing too. And so um, I, you know, God created men and women and we have unique characteristics. And I believe that if we can peel back some of the propaganda, you're fine. If you can peel back the propaganda and remind <laughs> people who they were meant to be on earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm then we can create the conversation where everything is sacred even Absolutely. when you have trauma well so. you know the other thing i missed a little bit but i was thinking when i was reconnecting um because i have a boy and a girl and um one of the things i remember when <laughs> kind of going back to the day that christy reached out to me and said, Hey, this is what mom said. And guess who is in trouble again? Um, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Family, two better kids. <laughs> Good grief. Anyway, <laughs> that was my, you gotta love live baby. <laughs> I remember, um, saying, feeling like I had to, I, so I've been in sales for, you know, over 20 years now, and I'm pretty good at uncovering things in a fast way if I need to right away. Like I'm on the phone. I want to know everything. I want to be able to call everybody. I want to be able to talk to the person that arrested him, yada, 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 yada. But, um, I did. And I was, that was at a three o'clock and he was supposed to be sentenced the very next day. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm getting this done. And it is amazing the gifts that, like, I think about it now. Like, you wonder if all the things and all the jobs and all the experiences that you had, they're not just coincidence. And you realize, wow, together, Christy and I, both of our paths were perfect at figuring out how to navigate that situation in that moment. Yeah. And that is not a coincidence. Like, those things don't come. And we were talking right before I got um, disconnected about um his plan because you you guys were discussing that and the the what when you lean in 
to what you're supposed to do. And Joshua, you can totally probably relate to this. It just kind of comes to you. Yeah. It's beautiful. And you're just like, wow, everything else used to be so hard because you were living on this side of it. Maybe it was the devil's playground. I don't know. But at the end of the day, when you're truly doing and, and going with your intuition and you're sticking to your guns about your faith and what what's coming and helping people, um, you know, it, it just kind of comes. And whatever certain things that prepared me for those moments up to that moment where I was laying in bed with my son, snuggling yeah. with him, waiting for the sergeant to call me back that night. Cause I was like, he can't go tomorrow. We we've got, we need them to look into this. You know, we were victims too. And I need to help whoever he hurt, make sure it's, you know, that they do where they need to. And right now the only place for some of these people is the justice system. I don't know in a perfect world, um, where that might go, but we've done a couple of other, um, we've done another podcast and it was with a law enforcement individual. And unfortunately he, once you go that route, there's really no way to go back. You know, but the, thing, the thing is, is that what is happening to these kids, what happened to you all, what happened to me, it's demonic. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's an e it's evil spirits. It's it. And so, there's a transference that they call it soul ties. Mm -hmm. And, and when you're, when you have sex, you're exchanging souls, exactly. you know, there's a, there's an energy behind it. And so that evil energy is what's transferred into the victim. And so, I mean, I can go into some, I, I know, oh, right heck yeah. about I the, know what you're talking about. Yes. And why, and why like boys are anally penetrated, what it does to the brain, how it splits mm. the personality. There's a whole, there's like some really insane science and studies about this stuff. The, but the thing is, is that all the counseling in the world, sure it can make them people aware, but the thing is, it's not solving the main issue, which yeah. is a spiritual problem. And that's why look, I know there's a lot of people that are, are, that are watching this or listening to this that are going, well, yeah, you counseling or they can't be healed. Well, they can't be healed. You can't you can't do this without Jesus. No, like non-religious people that have gone through. I know a lot of people that have been trafficked that are in the fight. They haven't healed because yeah. I know what they do for a living still, or I know what they're doing. I know how it can see their behavior. I can see how they still exploit themselves. But just because you've taken the power back, mm. so do you say, and now you have the power that it's my vagina or it's my penis or it's my mm. ass or it's my boobs. Or, and, you're, and, you, and you're claiming that, but then you're displaying yourself on social media. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you haven't. So, yeah. Well, you and I think that's the spiritual problem. That's such and the only way to heal from it is from Jesus. I, I believe and, that with all my heart. And I'll tell you hundred percent that when I started working with my, um, my friend Corey, I mean, he, he's a psychotherapist. He does biofeedback, which was incredible. That's cool. And there were times in my biofeedback sessions that he would ask me the question, Will you let God? Will you let? Will you allow God to heal that? And I would say no. <laughs> and then I would cry because I'm like, mm -hmm. here I thought I was this faithful person, right? 
And, and he would take me through it to the point where you allow Jesus now. And then he would reword the things. That spiritual component was the key. And I think that's where healing is going to go. When you bring God into the, the, the forefront with that, I don't care what healer it is. He's working. And that's what Corey would tell me. He's like, Christy, I'm a conduit. I just allow these things to move through me. God is just using me. And, and it's crazy. Like when you have cellular trauma, it stays trapped in you. So a lot of things will manifest physically. physically and, yeah. and so there were times after my sessions that I would physically get sick. Like I would barf, but that was my body purging it because yeah. it was, that energy was trapped in me. Like you said, that didn't, did not, you know, that demonic, that demonic energy. It wasn't mine. And I think as an empath, I, I can read people really well. You know, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. um, and I can also tell like when, when someone's saying something without saying it. And I think that's kind of what this world is shifting, having more empathy, more compassion. Because as we start to change the world that we're, we're living in, we've created this world. Yep. Yeah, we've chosen this. Yep. But there's so many people waking up saying, I don't want to live in this kind of world anymore. No, the fear. And that's, that's it. Like, it's not going to be about making money, competition, ego. It's going to be about serving people, helping humanity, uniting people. And you Kingdom. know what? How, how we do that is by helping those people that have been, been brutalized the most. That's right. By and, the and not, not, sheer yeah, demonic. Yeah. And, you know, one of, my, one of my friends made the best comment. And I know we're kind of running late, but um, um, he's like, you know, human beings, especially Americans, no offense, I love our country, but we're a little <laughs> sometimes. And I think that's where this revival is coming back. Like we're, I mean, everything of 2020, 2020 vision, it gives us that clear picture of what we need to focus on, what's important. And if that's really the reason this happened, then I'm gra grateful for it. And, you know, we still have a lot to, of work to do moving forward, but he's like, you know, Americans, we like focus on the wrong stuff. Like mm -hmm. there's real problems in the world, yeah. but whatever they're telling us on mass media or we create problems, drama will sit and gossip about people. Just and this is where I feel like it's so amazing because our children are waking up with us, right? Especially, especially the ones that are a little older. I think if you got really little ones, just be really grateful because I feel like they're not going to have to, they're not going to have to unlearn and, and they're just going to stay in alignment. And then God gave me these two human beings that just kind of know themselves. And when something doesn't seem right, they talk about it. And, you know, maybe they've seen me do that. I don't know. But at, at the end, of, basically where I was going with that is it's, it's kind of like one of those things that she was recognizing that her friends were talking about being bisexual and they don't learn it in school because they were in Catholic school. I know the conversation they had um, about human sexuality and their sexuality, and it was sacred, it was beautiful. And then we talked about it and we really open. And then there was some conversations going on on the phone and she removed herself from a chat group. And I said, so Sam, can you explain to me why you did that? And she goes, it just made me uncomfortable. And she's like, honestly, mom, I don't believe that they really believe that. I think they're being told that somewhere else, probably on TikTok, yeah. Instagram, who knows? And they're confused. 
And I think everybody goes through sexuality at different stages. I was having a conversation with one of my friends who's a pediatrician, and she said they all come in saying they're bisexual. It's crazy. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. That's my point. That's like, fine, as parents, but... you have to use discernment, right? So, uh, but also, we we can't we have to live in the real world. So when you have little ones, I feel like this is your opportunity to make sure you don't have to play catch up. You can just focus on doing things ahead of time, having these strength, strengthful conversations with your, your family members, your little ones, so that they are equipped to handle it and stand in their sovereignty, which is the whole point of us being here. When we stand right. in our sovereignty, we can move mountains. Amen. So that being said, um, Real she quick. didn't like the conversation. Okay. She didn't like the conversation. She pulled herself away on her own. I didn't have to tell her to do that. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, just turned, you know, she's a teenager, just turned, you know, a certain age. She's getting, getting up there. It's kind of crazy. But I said, Sam, why did you do that? She goes, it just made me uncomfortable. And she goes, honestly, mom, they just want to sit around and talk about things that I don't really think are true. They want to gossip. And I feel like as a, as adults, we have to model for our children how to walk through this world. So if Americans can focus on the real problems and start putting our effort towards things that really matter, we're going to raise the next generation and they're going to be unstoppable. Yeah. Amen. Katie, I'm going to give you uh, the last word and um, we're going to end the, I could talk to you. I could do this. I know. We'll, have, we'll do it again. Um, Whenever. <laughs> let us know. Yeah, we'd love to do it, but I'll give you, actually, I'll give both of you the last word. Say whatever you okay. was on your heart. Katie, you go first. Well, thank you so much, both of you. Um, you're wonderful people. And Joshua, I'm going to pray very hard for your continued um, navigating the trauma that you experienced. And um, clearly God has used you as a conduit to connect people and help people. And I do appreciate that. And I will say that um, I know right now the one thing that has helped me and my family through this is every night we pray together. Mm. And my son is, even yeah. his teacher, she he drives teachers crazy. Guys, he's like me. He talks a lot. He's like his dad. He can't sit still, you know. <laughs> but I think school might change in the future, I'm hoping. Got a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> and... But his teacher was, oh, he prays so hard. And when I first went to look for schools for him, um, I didn't like the public school system because I didn't get that fun, that feeling of community. And I said, the world is crazy. And I want my children to turn to God when I'm not there to help them. Yep. And um, I want them to be able to learn to do that. And if my faith got me through... Yep sticky situations and things that um, stuff I'm proud of and stuff I'm not, but also um, to help me navigate what my calling is and my passion. Um, I'm going to do okay, but I will say this. I feel right now that in America we have, there is a revival going on and there are um, patriots becoming Christians and Christians becoming patriots. And we're finally learning how to mesh that together to help the, the greater good. And um, I am just glad that God put me on this earth at this moment, because I think it is a great time to help humanity. And if there is one person that I can help with the things that I do um, from here on out with human trafficking or people have been abused, um, 
I'll just keep doing these things and find out what it is that I'm exactly supposed to be doing. I'm still figuring it out, but I really appreciate your guys' time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so yeah, it's so it's so interesting because to me it's all it's always been about the children. We have to protect them, we have to guide them, and we also have to stop getting in the way of uh, what they innately already know. I think, you know, God is putting these human beings into the world and they're different and they're different for a reason because they're meant, meant to shake things up. And, um, you know, I, I'll be honest, like I've cried in front of my kids. They know what I've gone through. My youngest holds space a little bit more better. It's, it's, it's just who she is. It's not that my older daughter can't, it's just, she is that kind of human being. And I think when some of this stuff kind of surfaced and I was trying to understand it and, you know, all the pressures that we're getting about the control and ideologies that are getting pushed, like you can get overwhelmed with it. Right. And especially if you have that trauma, it triggers you all the time. Right. Yeah. So she said, mom, only the light can come out. Only the, only the light can come out in the dark. Like that's like the darkness is the gift because then the light can shine a light. And I was like, wow, you're so right. And mm. so I think for me, it's always been about the children. You know, I want so much for us to, to, to look back on this in 20, 30 years and be like, oh my gosh, look what we all did together because yeah. we listened to our hearts and our souls and we were imperfect. We, we came to the table with our imperfections. But I think it's also kind of like, I feel like each one of us is a piece of God and it's like mm. a puzzle. And when we start to connect and use our gifts together, that unity consciousness, like, you know, the way what 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 Jesus preached, you know, like, I'm not going to judge somebody for what they decide. But, you know, maybe if we both come to the table, you can bring something. I can bring something and we can really fight this human trafficking and these these evils that um, have plagued this earth. And then, you know, kick the kick kick the bad guys out so heck yeah well jesus flipped yeah. tables when he needed that's right. to that's right so <laughs> I, I i just i i feel like my my closing message is you know we have to put the children first mm -hmm. we have to stop thinking about that 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 needs to flip they need to be um they're our next generation and they're the most important and so we have to help heal and we have to help guide and we have to help lead um from that 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 mm -hmm. space of love and light and I think together we we will do more than move mountains. We'll create a completely new earth. So I do too. Amen. Amen. New That's heaven and new dream. earth on its That's way. That's my dream. That's my dream. <laughs> I think we're going to be alive to see it. So that's going to be too. awesome. I do too. Christy, Katie, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being you. here. And uh, I'll be in touch. Bye, you guys. Love and light. Bye, you guys. Love and light. Wow, that was really good. I'm so grateful for them uh, coming on and sharing their story. I cannot even imagine how challenging uh, mm -hmm. that is. I mean, a family member, my God. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, you know, they hold the secrets of their family members because it's family. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be the one that spoils the family dynamic. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is the sec secrets kill and 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 they did the right thing by by sharing and talking about it it went on too long and what they suffered and what they went through is something that it, it isn't right that said 
Um, God bless them for doing what they're doing now. They talked about collaboration and working together. That's what the You Are My Light Foundation is all about. Um, and if you, listen, I, I said this at the beginning of the broadcast, gonna say it again. If you are a, if you have access to health products that are 100% natural, one way that you can contribute, if you can't make a financial donation to the You Are My Light Foundation, or if you can't attend our event September 30th in Dallas, Texas, which you can go to youaremylightfoundation.org uh, to buy tickets, they're $300, um, but you get drinks, you get food, you get live entertainment, you're going to meet a lot of people. I mean, the guest list is awesome. That's going to be there. And um, if you can support that way, but the other way you can support is we have the My Health and Wellness box that's about to be released. And if you can donate products, again, we're looking for 100% natural organic products. If you can make a donation in that way, that is going to help us raise money with the My Health and Wellness box. You'll get a full write-off for it. Um, and we would love that. So uh, any way that you can get involved in support, we are a collaborative community here. We are a collaborative foundation, um, hence the Live Model Worldwide Foundation. We we are partners with You Are My Light Foundation. Gosh, a lot of foundations uh -huh. in a sentence. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's a blessing for us to be a part of this. Uh, it's a great organization, great people. And uh, the founder, Orly, is somebody that is all heart when it comes to this. And we're trying to raise, we need to raise $7.4 million. Raise. We will raise $7.4 million. Mm -hmm. Jessica, do you have anything that you want to say? Um, Just the, this is the most amazing cause. And I'm so grateful that there are people like these sisters coming out and saying what's happened to them so that they can help heal other people. And I'm grateful for you for giving the platform for people like them. No, we're doing it together. So... God bless you guys. And uh, if you are watching on social media, please feel free to share this out. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.